won't back down. With Will Levinson, Jake Lehman, and Sam Potosa. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Won't Back Down. It's been two weeks since we recorded. It really feels like two months. Yeah. Like, a lot has happened. We got our first SEC win in over a calendar year. All we right. had uh, Todd Grantham flashbacks. And Will, good to see you here in the studio. Sam, I'm not quite sure where you are, but... Where is well, Sam? I'm here. I don't know. He's here? I'm currently... I'm probably currently like 30 miles out of Orlando. I don't know. Get in there. You driving home for any special occasion? Um, yeah, Dolphins game. Fins up. Special. Yeah, we was not in my yeah, Oh, so, and I'm yeah. getting a call oh. from, from Will Silverman. What do I just answer? And, and just see what happens. Just see what uh, happens. No, I, 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 no, no. Because you're going to have to like, edit one of his essays on the air, and I don't want to be a part of uh, he just, he just, He just hung up. So, <laughs> his felony we, plagiarism charges. <laughs> We did the, not get a Will Silverman uh, impromptu. Is impromptu that what it always is? He, he has you edit. Uh, it's a lot of that. I know. mean, he's not a J school guy, so like I, I get those too. Like, hey, like you know, it, it's flattering, honestly, when people think that yes. I have a good grasp of the English language. I agree. Yeah, I think I do have a good grasp. I, I, you have a pretty good grasp. I, yeah. I enjoy. I think we all do helping him. I mean, that's that's the the advantage of being a J school guy, and that's the advantage of for you guys getting to learn the the, the rules of of the law. But uh, the rules of the football fields have not been followed by the Florida Gators as they just look, I mean, pretty atrocious defensively. The rules. Well, you know what? That's one thing we have improved in, though, if we're yeah, going to get technical. Penalties, it's penalties. Bama is, like, last. In, I mean, we can get to Bama later. That's not a normal Alabama football team. Has Nick Saban lost control of the program? Maybe. Oh. Hopefully. They don't look. Can we, you want to just hop you into know, that now that we're talking about it? We could. Nah. Florida first. Saban withering in his deathbed is still better than most coaches in the nation. No, I'm not arguing that at all. But Alabama used to be different than every other program. I think Alabama is now just a great team, but I I don't know if they're different anymore. They they're mortal. They have the same issues every other program has now. I mean, as far as they don't look the same. As far as head football coaches in in beds while coaching, we've seen it happen before. I mean, Hugh Freeze has done it. I believe Nick Saban could do it too. Hugh Freeze from the hospital bed would be better for Auburn than Brian Harson. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely not in a hospital bed. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's fair. But the one word college football fans have been screaming for the past five or so years is sincerity. And I think we're finding a lot more of that in college football. And I think that there's no more evidence than in Knoxville, Tennessee on Saturday, where a cloud of cigar smoke covered rock stuff. I just think teams are becoming a lot more balanced with the transfer portal, with the lure of NIL at some of these smaller schools that wouldn't have gotten guys that they would have been able to before. So I think there's just a lot of these teams becoming more balanced. But I truly do believe when it comes to playoff time, the four teams that make it through are four teams that won't see it. Maybe one new team. Four team. Yeah, I was thinking about that before recording because it is technically our midseason show, even if we don't have to call it that and do a bunch of midseason oh, awards well, and crap. I'm not in studio for the well, no, 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 no. I'm saying technically, like chronologically, it is the middle of the season, but we could do that next week when you're back and when um, Florida's ready to play Georgia. But technically, we are at the halfway point. We are at the halfway points. Seven in, seven to go. Weeks. All right. Well, let's. Well, um, let's just just for for the heck of it. I mean. I think we should just do our midseason Gator MVP uh, that isn't Anthony Richardson. Well, I don't Each think he us. is our MVP. Well, I'm just, just in case. Yeah. Don't I make think him we should all mm, Most valuable, you know, he probably is the most valuable because right. I don't know where we'd be without him. Right. He hasn't been the best. But, I yeah. think there's two 
answers, maybe three. Well, I mean, I think probably in reality, it really is Osiris Torrance right now, as far as best player. Or Ventral Miller. If right. we're talking valuable, I mean, on offense, well, it's Anthony. I, clearly, valuable. AR and 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 yeah, no, those are the two cornerstones of the team. We're probably going to be seven, five, six, and six, but without those two, it might even be worse. We yeah. might not make a bowl. I think we make a bowl without yes. if <laughs> you take either Anthony or Ventral off the team, and yeah, you, you might be looking at a five and seven. Okay, well, so well, going through it, so as far as making a bowl, you're going to be four and four. And oh yeah, oh, and, yeah. and yeah. The, the next this is not one of those years you talk yourself into the Georgia win, no. in my opinion. No, and then at AM's probably four and five. A&M. Yeah, it probably four and that'll five. be really interesting. That that's one of the most intriguing games of the season for any college football fan. Given I see Devin and Shane going for two hundred yards on us. I think Evans too. Right, it, it's like yards. yeah, we we don't match up so well. Um, and then and then. South Carolina at Vanderbilt at FSU. Well, South Carolina game, I think, will be the key to the season. You know, last home game of the year, last chance to probably get some recruits on campus. And that that is the game that if you lose now, all of a sudden, it's, whoa, we might not go bowling. So, yeah. Right, right. But at this point in time, it's almost like I care not as much about the rest of the season and a lot more about October 27th when Cormani Wilson commits. That's what I care the most about. To me, if that well, if he commits to Florida, I feel like the season's already a victory. Nah, mm, I, you have to make a bowl game. I meant Kermani McClain. You can McClain. go six and I think six and six. Kermani McClain, not sorry, not. You have to make a bowl game. You have to make a bowl game. You have to make a bowl game. And win the Period. bowl game. Win the bowl game. That means something to me. You know, at this point in time, um, so our ceiling, I think eight and four, right? And then you're maybe talking outback bowl, likely. Seven and five, six and six. At that point, you're either probably Music City Bowl, Liberty Bowl, or six and six, the Birmingham Bowl against a non-power five opponent. Or we can get Tulane. Tulane, maybe. yeah. We had probably some. We fun, would probably uh, lose to Tulane. Some good Boca Raton trash talk against you know, oh. the Tulane kids. Oh, can you imagine if we lost to Tulane? Yeah, not. I know good. Potosa has a lot of Tulane UCF fans. UCF is bad I enough. I know a lot of a lot of us have a lot of Tulane fans, mm-hmm. but that that I mean yeah. UCF is bad enough. We don't need Tulane. UCF is still worse. Losing to UCF is, is terrible. I wish it we would happen. probably lose to Tulane. <laughs> so, Michael even, Pratt, he's, he's from Boca, isn't yes, he? Yes, yeah, yeah, he went to Boca yeah, High, I believe. Yeah. Is it Boca High or was it <sighs> Heritage? Boca High, then Boynton. Yeah. Boynton Beach High School. You know, guys, you guys know what the Boynton Beach, Boynton Beach High School. Don't, don't even say it. Don't, no, I know. Well, maybe our listeners don't know. Sam, you are leaving. You know, yeah, I played against their Pop Warner team. So, so who is you it? Know, well, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's funny that game. I was ten, and they threw a bunch of like fifteen-year-olds on the field. So for all I know, oh, I could have been playing no. against Lamar Jackson. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. Okay. What? No, he went to Deerfield. Now Deerfield. Feinberg right. went to Deerfield. So I was, I was like, I thought you were asking me about if I knew a five. No, L- L- Lamar Jackson went to Boynton Beach High School. Boynton, Lamar Boynton. Of course yeah. I knew that, but no, 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 Michael Pratt was here. Oh, oh. That makes I more sense. I picked up my, my field and my time. <laughs> okay, okay. So Michael Pratt went to Boynton Beach High School. So did University of Florida's 2022 homecoming king, Noah Feinberg. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure everybody's aware of that. Um, what is wrong with the Florida Gators defense, Jake Lehman? 
you want the I mean the simple answer is no defensive coordinator I don't think can scheme around having the lack of talent on the defense in the SEC like I don't care who is calling the plays every scheme is kind of contingent on getting push up front and our defensive line is just not doing it where in the world and our safeties are pretty terrible too so where, it kind of comes down to both those things where has Gervon Dexter run off to where has he he's gone? been where fine he? he's been getting doubled a lot he's not playing up to his top five overall recruiting billing but he is he's the best player on our d-line he i mean he is the one saving grace of grantham was not saying like i'm yearning for the days of grantham but he was aggressive he said blitz packages but tony's just so conservative because he's scared of the lack of talent our corners are playing so far off just not giving any chance to if you're on opposing offensive line, well, that's really why I'm here. I'm here right now. Brendan Cox is just going to bull rock the backfield every time. Like, what is it? You guys get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, we get what you're saying. Hold on. I think Lehman's technical difficulty here. Yeah, Lehman's headphones have been unplugged, so he can't hear. We're back. All right, sorry about that. Yeah, no, I get I what you're saying, you. Sam. TLDR, what, what did yeah. Sam just say? I missed about. 30 seconds. Just repeat it again. Yeah. yeah. Briefly. Essentially, we're playing so conservative because I feel like we're almost scared of our lack of talent. I don't know if scared is the right word, but aware of our lack of talent, but I feel like we still have to be physical and offensive. You're an opposing offensive line. Why wouldn't you double someone like Gervon Dexter? Obviously, you think, like, oh, we have Brendan Cox as well. He can get significant treatment in the boat. With a blocker in the backfield, especially considering he's bull rushing the backfield every time. And the corners are playing so far off. Yeah. It is shades of Grantham there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we've seen, we've seen the images of, of Louisiana's defense of Patrick Tony last year playing press, and it, they're just not they, – they, they don't have – Yeah. But what's but it's disappointing they don't have faith in these corners. I mean, Jason Marshall. I don't know if it's lack of faith in the corners, though. It might be, you know – More safeties. Safety. Well, uh, again, when you're, when you're running man, it – um, when you're running press man, like you know, it doesn't matter who your three corners are. If the quarterback's got all day to throw, I don't care if you've got Deion Sanders, Sauce Gardner, and Darrell Revis right. out there. Like right. you know, they will get open eventually. So yeah, and they've been unable, wait, 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 unable why, to. Why, why are we including Sauce there already? You know, I yeah, I did. I I I was because I don't know why I said that. You know what it was because I was looking at Cormani's recruiting profile before this and the professional comps that the people have made on three. Sauce Gardner, 24-7's comp for him right now is Tariq Woolen, which I love. Ooh, ooh, that's yeah. nice. No, I mean, but, but Sauce has been Oh, no, that just good. came to Sauce's been really Shouldn't good this year. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. It's not Xavier Howard. You don't have Xavier Howard back there. But the, the reality is that something Xavier Howard does that this team has not done is turn the football over. And finally, you get your turnover to potentially give it, give yourselves a chance to win the football game, and you make the mental mistake when you, the, the worst worst period you could. And it, it yeah, you can say what you want. Bad call, good call. By rule, it was the right call. And so that's something you can't do. Mm-hmm. on Dexter. And that and, and that is I mean, let's say the interception is made, Anthony goes in the field and scores a touchdown and win the football game. And it's a completely different conversation today. Yeah. I spoke about this with a uh, inebriated uh Timmy Krause after the game. And because I was angry too at first, because I didn't really, you know, obviously I'm not watching Gervon, you know, fall on Jaden Daniels the way that he did. I'm watching Jason Marshall make the interception, but of course, I, I was 
you know, live it in the stadium at first, but then I go on my phone because I want to see the replay on Twitter. I'm like, you know what? That, yeah, that that is, in today's game, that is the right call. Like, as unfortunate as that is. Big Will could attest if he was with me when that play happened. We were together, yes. I said that's terrible, but by the new rules, that is textbook roughing the passer. There's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It is what it is. Like, yeah. it's not worth being like, oh, that was the game. No, the game was. We were down by three touchdowns at halftime. Right. I Yeah. Well. Anthony, uh, the only reason, honestly, we came back at all was because Anthony channeled Anthony Tom Petty's down. spirit. That must have been cool. I mean, back down. So, so Sam and I were in Las Vegas right. this weekend. We yeah, because, I mean, it's always won't back down, but it was special this time. Right. Yeah. Was, so we, we were watching the game from MGM Sportsbook in Las Vegas, at least most of it. So what was that moment like, Sam, or Jake, rather, in the stadium when you had go from Tom Petty on Tom Petty Day to – and Anthony Richardson, perhaps one of the best plays, if not the best play of his career. It was one of those moments that, you know, you love sports and music and being around people. It was just one of those really cool moments because you know, we're at the lowest point of our season, like entirely. We right. just gone down forty-two to twenty-one. The game was over. I'd given it. You know, right? We're not. And then won't back down. Um, Tom Petty's family on the field. Wow. The very first play. In the fourth quarter, the other hometown son of Gainesville, Anthony Richardson, who's on the field, makes the best play he's made all year and channeled Vince Young, Cam Newton, uh, unbelievable run, dive into the end zone. It was very cool. Made me all warm and fuzzy. It was an unbelievable run. Yeah. Great run. It's just, Anthony, all the pieces are there. There's just something just missing and it's just not clicking yet for him sometimes it clicks but it just isn't clicking consistently enough where and it's that that post route in the first second play of the game was so beautiful was such a perfect pass and it works and it's worked throughout this season and it just feels like you need more weapons that can get open on those plays yeah, because he can hit them. them better. I mean, if you have some a speedster like a Waddle or a Hill or like whoever it is that Bama has, you know, their speedsters or even like you know like Evan Stewart, like an elite receiver that has that game breaking speed, few quarterbacks will be able to take advantage of it like Anthony Richardson. Yeah, yeah, but don't you don't you feel like he almost kind of lacks some of the elite vision that some of the prospects coming out? Similar to him yeah. It, again, it's also his first year as a starter, though, and in you know bad. guys like Bryce Young, CJ Shroud in California, money out there like they're getting better quarterback training than I'm. Um, granted, um, what's his name? Denny Thompson is a good quarterback trainer. That's Anthony, private trainer, trained other people too. But I, I just think it's different coming from Gainesville versus being someone you know from one of those affluent suburbs in Dallas or LA where they're getting private quarterback training from the time they're 11. Anthony's, you know, it's his first year starting and he's on a big stage and there's not a great amount of weapons in it. I I think there's room for improvement. I like, I think what you're seeing from him mentally is not his final form. I agree with you. And that's why I preach from the, I preach from the fucking rooftop. Mm -hmm. I really hope he does. 
I don't know. The money might be too much to pay now. You really think? I don't know. You you really think he'll be a first round pick? Like, even if he's the second or third round, you pick, think he still goes? I I don't know. I hope he has the right people around him to tell. Him. I think the money is just in so much mind, different and life changing. If you can get in, in the first, that in my mind, if he comes back to college next year. This offseason, he might sign with like a CAA or a WME. He can easily make seven figures next year. Maybe even eight if he has a crazy season. But wow, that's the thing. You can make a lot of money next eight. year. Wait, eight. Wait, didn't Anthony? Wait, he Anthony signed with Gatorade. I don't know how many figures that was, but that's. I mean, that just for brand recognition is is huge. We should yeah. monopolize the the Gatorade NIL. Yeah, every Gatorade every, NIL deal should be Florida only Gatorade. for Florida players. Yeah, yeah, that would be that's our way to get the national title, really. Right? Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> I mean, hold on, that, that's Might incredible. That is that like have. the way to get a national title. Simple as that. One brand yeah. as big as Gatorade saying, just giving us all their NIL deals is enough yeah. to get good enough players to win a title. Give DJ Lagway the Gatorade deal now. now. <laughs> don't wait. I know we can't, but yeah, don't wait. Yeah, Anthony can make. He's gonna make money either way. I think it's the best for professional development. Yeah, uh, uh, going into the year, there was really nothing I wanted more than for Anthony to be a top five, top ten pick because you're rooting for him as a person, and obviously, you know that would mean quarterbacks a question mark next year. But you know, if you were to have that kind of season this year, we would have been such an attractive place for the portal. I think we would have been fine next year. But at the same time, yeah. there are positives to him coming back. I I, I do think. Oh, look, the offense hasn't been the problem this year. Like it's been good as vanilla as it can seem at times. It's been good enough to win these games. Right. I mean, they put up thirty five uh, points Kentucky this weekend. Game. Kentucky game, the one. Right. Uh, yeah. Hey, but that but that's what's so annoying about it is because the defense really truly was really good in that game. Really good in that game. And the defense was, yeah. was was really good against Missouri, uh, at least as far as keeping them out of the end zone. I know Missouri isn't such a great offense, but just and it's just disappointing that in which it, they're not playing complimentary football. That like yeah, the defense has had their moments, the offense has certainly had their moments, but they don't coincide. If they could, if they could coincide at the right times, this team would be perhaps five and two and not four yeah. and three. Yeah, one one more point just on on the offense and the play calling and stuff. Uh, that opening play, the the shorter touchdown, was because you know there's been a lot of people who have called out how similar Napier and uh, McIlwain's offenses are, or what he was running here and at Alabama. That was the exact play as the Will Greer to Demarcus Robinson touchdown to open mm. the Ole Miss game. Wow! Like, same play. Wow! And if only the rest wow. of the game went that way. Think about it, yeah, and, and then and that's what's that's so the like. <laughs> Same about, opener offensively, and think about we gave up three in that game and forty-two here. Think about twenty-fifth, right? Well, yeah, I guess we well, we scored what thirty-eight against Ole Miss and thirty-five against LSU. Yeah. That's the big difference was the defense, defense gave but, up three. And, and again, McIlwain is working with a Will Muschamp defense that has recruited yeah. great players and has elite players, and that's why the defense. I mean, it was an elite team. You have Vernon yeah. Hargraves, you have. Um, Keanu Neal, Marcus That's not Bay. a difference between Jeff Collins being yeah, that much better of a coach than Patrick about, Tony. That that is what they inherited. Right. Entirely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Think about all the NFL players on that defense. Yeah. Think about it. And then also Will Greer's an NFL quarterback. I mean, there might not be one NFL starter on our defense right now. Ben Trout's the only one. Starter? I don't even know. 
Um, great college I think, player. I think he's. I, I think hope. He's, I, I hope he's a yeah. really good NFL player. I think he's actually built for the NFL. I, I mean, his. I mean, Jason he Marshall? is. Ventral Miller. Could Jason Marshall be an NFL starter? Um, he, he can. Oh, he could. I think he. Ha- yeah. He definitely has the. Tra- I think maybe Kamari Wilson eventually could. Yeah. Um, well, there's just no like. Surefire. Gervon Dexter should yeah. be. Gervon should be. Yeah. Yeah. Should, but again, no like surefire ones. Like you know. Right. You could tell Keanu Neal, Jared Davis, all those guys were going to be that, you know. You could tell. Yeah, I mean, Brian Poole also. I mean, Vernon Hargraves looked like the most surefire one of them all, and he didn't even pan out. But He was one of the worst of them all, arguably. In the NFL, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it, but he was a primo it's player. It's disappointing just seeing this defense just be completely helpless out there. Just be have uh, no ability to do and – And, yeah, like – it's it's just so bad, and I think it needs to change. Um, they have to just – you have to change something schematically. Like, I understand that, oh, there's something you can do. You have to make some kind of change. This is a bye week. If I'm Billy, something has to change in the way you're doing things coaching-wise. Because, yeah, these aren't great players. On D, young, you're saying. On defense. On offense, yeah. Defense is, yeah. Offense is fine. Offense, on offense, it is what it it's is. very clear – Guys can't get open consistently. No, I think he he's actually and working. You have to run the football. well with yeah. what. No, I, I agree. No, I, I agree. And he knows that the nucleus on offense running the football. And when you do that and do it at a high level, that's when the offense is working. Right. But well, here's the thing: in every every you know like install of a new scheme, it, it year one's probably going to be the most vanilla, and then you throw other wrinkles in. Right. And we don't really have you know the players necessarily to throw like you know. I, I'm hoping there's other passing concepts that. You know, he will add more exciting stuff, more wrinkles, and I think hopefully that coincides with getting the playmakers like that will get Honestly, in though, this year is kind of playing out exactly how a lot of people warned us it would be. Yeah. And I just don't think a lot of us fans wanted it to be true, but <laughs> it's it, look, true. if we're yeah. on tape for a 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five season, put a lot of the national media projected us to be that, put a lot of people thought this team would be this year. We might be right on schedule for all the lies we pulled about Billy in the That's a good point, again, because, I mean, you're right in the fact that the national media, yeah, seven, six wins was what a lot of people called out. And before the season, you talk to any, again, any of those national experts, and they would tell you, you know, again, for uh, we're more emotional, and, you know, our fans are, obviously, but right, that's a, uh, it's a great point. Like, uh, Josh Pate or one of those people, if you told him before the year, we would go six and six, seven and five. They'd tell you, you know, okay, like you know, it has no contingency for like th- what Billy's tenure can be here. You know, exactly. Get the, get his players here, but as a fan base, we just need to remain composed. Although I think the fan base is going to become a little more irate because I think these issues are going to persist, and I think the team's only going to get more perplexing and a little baffling. <laughs> yeah, it's so just yeah. Hold on, just just get to the end of the season and make a bowl game. Like yeah, survive at this it point. To survive. Last year, but I just wanted to be over. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, you've had to. I've ex- I accepted that this team, that the Florida Gators weren't going to have success in my life, or uh, in my time as a student. Um, after the first quarter of the South Carolina game last year, that's where it all became official to me. Yeah. Um, but regardless, twenty was fun though. I COVID agree. year. So, I, Fucking me, shame like that the COVID year was our good year. God. Yeah, oh, man. No, dude. Can you imagine? Our, our freshman year, your sophomore year, that was our best year. When we lost to LSU. Oh, no, that was a fun year. But 
No, I mean, that, yeah, that was our probably. But yeah, the we one were, year that we were really in the – because our, our playoff hopes ended at the Georgia yeah. game that year. The, the 2020 year yeah, was the most exciting team we had, and right. it's unfortunate that had to be the COVID year where the stands were a quarter full. Sucks. I was in the building that night. Easy fog. <sighs> the yep. one Florida-Georgia game, too, that we won. Yeah. Were you, were you at that Fajaw game? Yeah, there was no atmosphere yeah, was at all. Yeah, yeah. No atmosphere. I no, I was, I, it was fun. I had a great time. It was fun, but it, not the usual. You know. We were getting rowdy to Gator fans. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it, it was cool to just, like, have that happen in the Florida-Georgia game. That was, like, one of my favorite games. I really thought Dan Mullen was it. <laughs> that was the game. His offensive play calling is ridiculous. He has oh, a yeah. better offensive play calling than Billy. There's no chance that he does. Yeah, no, it's, no uh, it's, like, perplexing, though, how I get why Dan didn't recruit well on D because, you know, if you're – so confident in your play calling abilities and stuff, and, and Grantham's your D coordinator. I get how that happens, but it it really like makes you wonder: was he that that overconfident in his abilities uh, on offense? Because he, he <laughs> what he brought in on offense to replace Tony Pitts, all those people, straight mid, and it's like, did he yeah. really think he could keep that up, or did he just not care that much? Uh, he must have thought he was going to the NFL, honestly. Oh, it is true. It is true because I mean, this—the team that we're looking at—is primarily the team that, that that Dan Mullen built, and it's just like it was so good in 2019 and 2020 because you had all those great NFL talent mm-hmm. on the offense and some leftover NFL talent on the defense from you know the, uh, the McElwain era. Yeah. But now it's just—it's like well, there's no talent on defense, and wait, there's no more offensive talent because they're all in the NFL now because you need to just stop recruiting in general. Well, there's been two, there's been two seasons of Florida Gator teams fully recruited by Dan Mullen, and we went six and seven, and now we're four and three. So that's yeah. ten, sh- no, that's sh- ten and ten by my count. It shows, and then it's partly because I mean Dan Mullen did give up the end of last year, and now you've got a new coaching staff. But I mean, look, the, the best players offensively on this team, or I mean, even de- defensively, the best players in the team, Kamari Wilson. Uh, Devin Moore was playing well before he got hurt. Ventura Miller's a McElwain guy. And then um, on, on offense. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. crazy. Yeah, no, that, that is yeah, that is an insane thing. That's just how old he is. Uh, McElwain, and then yeah. and then on offense, Montreal Johnson, uh, Ricky Pearsall, and Trevor Etienne, all Billy Napier guys, probably been the most impactful on offense. Maybe, I mean, sure, also Justin Shorter. But that's just by well, fault of him being yeah. a five-star transfer. Recruiting's not all... Stars. I mean, if you look at how it's half of half recruit. I mean, I don't know about half, but you know, it's as much evaluating as recruiting. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, it's, it's so finding much. value it's in guys. And Napier has already shown himself to be right. That that right might here. be the real difference in in Mullen versus Napier's tenure here. Is you know, sure, you know, we'll get one, two, three, five stars every year, hopefully, where as Mullen didn't. But, you know, those couple players you get every year aren't the reason you win. It's the bulk of your roster. And if, you know, those are <laughs> Devin Moore, Trevor Etienne types, like rating-wise, rating those guys were similar to a lot of players Mullen brought in. But you look at pl- who who those players were being chased by, and, and then that's kind of where you can tell the difference. 
Like, there were a lot of four yeah, stars yeah. Mullen brought in who we were competing against the Virginia Techs of the world for, where now it's Notre Dame, Alabama, LSU, you know. Great point, Jacob. But I think we're kind of we're going one major point from this LSU game before we completely move off of it. And it's the worst part of it all. We lost Brian Kelly. Yeah. He was funny to watch on the sideline. He was. Yeah, he's, he's just an angry man. He's the worst person on the Nobody likes Brian no Kelly. One, nobody likes him. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, nobody I likes like and this is supposed to be our game where Billy was stuck it to him. Like, you should have hired me. Just, ah, and just stop. think about how, how good we were feeling about the hiring we made after week one. After LSU looks atrocious, FSU looks equally as bad, and Florida looks incredible beating Utah. I, I don't want to hop on my high horse here, but my seat up is pretty high. It's pretty high in my car right now. I did warn about us losing to LSU for weeks on the I felt like I worked it in the From week one, yeah, you'd been saying it all along, and sure enough. For the record, I sure did enough. I did pick LSU to win, and I would have said that on the podcast had we had one, but uh, due to virtue of Sam and I being in Las Vegas, instead of doing so, I put money on the Florida Gators to win and then lost that money. So did I. I was angry. I would have liked that. Yeah, I, that was a waste of my money to do. Cause I agree. We wouldn't I win. said the night before I wasn't going to bet on the Gators. Yep. And lo and behold, it's hard to resist when you're at Caesars Sportsbook. Regardless, the Florida Gators have had their struggles and will continue to have their struggles as luckily for us, they will be playing this week. So we won't have to suffer through the misery. There are other good games, but they will have to – uh, bring the misery back to us when they face the number yeah. one team in the country in two weeks. But we'll get to that next week. For now, pretty good slate this week, Lehman. Not a big marquee game, but plenty of good solid games to oh, get yeah. into. Not a great slate. Me and Edelman did the Embers picks this morning. It's okay. There could be some fun games. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, – there's not big upset potential this week. Right. There's not the Tennessee, you know, like Syracuse Clemson. I I think Syracuse has a fantastic shot of covering. I think they have no, no shot, shot of winning. winning. Yeah. It's like I could easily see them lose by seven. I don't see them winning. Um, 13 and a half is, is a lot of good points there. Big question for me. Why is Texas on the road in Stillwater minus six and a half? Because Texas would, they'd be, they would be undefeated if Quinn Ewers played all year. And, and, that's my take. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I will stand by that one, honestly. They lost won. by one point to Bama. Bama played like shit that game. You're right. You're right. I mean, they, they what? They beat, they beat Iowa State And then they lost 20. by three to Texas they wouldn't, Tech. Okay, so at home against Iowa State, they would not have covered six and a half. Now on the road to a, a really good Oklahoma State team, had a tough close loss to a good TCU team last week. Now they're minus six and a half on the road? I, 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 don't, I just don't get that. I just don't get that. I can see Texas like, winning that game, absolutely. But six and a half is a lot of points on the road. For whatever I reason. I like the Cowboys in that game. I me think too. the Cowboys are better defensively. I think Spencer Sanders is an experienced quarterback. He's kind of caught up that thing. I'm going to take the Cowboys in that one, and I'm going to take the cover. Yeah. Well, that I'm might be the biggest uh, home game in Stillwater in quite a while. Well, I mean. Yeah. I mean, like, look. I wish like, it were at night. Like, but, yeah. yeah. I see a world fine. where Texas wins. 
wins that game, they're not going to win by a touchdown, I feel like. I feel like it'll be close. Right, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't see. Yeah, I could see Texas winning, but by a field goal. I can't just. You can't. You can't take. You know what? Here's a fun Derek hypothetical. Mason. Wait, wait. Go on. Yeah. Derek Mason is telling Bryce Harrison to kick rocks. He's doing a good job. <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, as much as I want to believe that that's a ridiculous line, and Oklahoma State is not going to lose by six or six or six or seven points. Vegas is, they're saying something right here. They're, yeah, they don't do they, this for uh, no reason. They don't do this for no reason. No, they're, they, they're, well, because Texas is rated really high in, like, their separate power ratings. But, but like, there's something else here. Like, what's going on? I think they just have them rated a lot higher. If you go uh, on the, the... I media, don't. Like, oh, I, yeah. ESPN no. FBI gives Texas a 66% chance to win. What is going on? FBI is bullshit. But if you go to Action Network, these are more similar to the... Like the Vegas models and Texas top ten. Quinn's really good, and they're a lot better on defense than they were last year. But I probably agree that they won't cover that. But here, here's one fun thing Oklahoma for you guys out, to right? think about: Oklahoma, Texas, they probably won't win out. They'll because they have Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State at Kansas State, and then TCU, which could mm. be, I mean, mm. game of the year in Big Twelve. Mm. But hypothetically. You know, the Vegas models think that Texas is the best football team in the Big 12. They will probably be favored in all five of their games. If they go undefeated, win the Big 12, 11-2, and two, is there a way they make the playoff? At 11-2, wow. win the Big 12. Because their two losses would have been without their quarterback. They're gonna ne- and the committee would think about that. You're right. Now, that would make definitely make a, a, a point for the committee. that You're going to have to look at... You're gonna need Tennessee. You need the SC to beat up on each other. You need Ole Miss only has to be one, yeah. Bama, or it would or have Ole Miss to, has be, to yeah. lose something like Ole Miss has to be Bama, and the Bama has to win the SEC, and then and then Georgia has to lose to Tennessee, or Tennessee has to beat Georgia, or Georgia has to beat Tennessee, and then losing to Bama. And you're gonna have to have something where there's like only two one-loss SEC teams. Only one SEC team getting in, because as right, of right, right now, it's right. looking like we could be headed toward t- two, two. I think two, two SEC, three SEC teams. You get three SEC. You teams. could. Yeah. Yeah, the um, playoffs more fun this year than other years. Yeah, I agree. Because no, even the Pac-12, like sneakily, Pac-12, sneakily. Yeah, Pac-12 yeah. is sneak. I mean, Utah well, is still alive. Lines, Oregon is still alive. Lines, Oregon is minus six I like Oregon. It's the vaunted, I like Oregon the minus vaunted six. Autzen Stadium. I like Oregon minus six. I do too. We're picking that one. Um, I don't. I I think I Oregon could definitely win six. It feels like it'll be really close. Both these teams, they're very, uh, they're very balanced offensively. Like they're they're similar in that they beat you through the air or on the ground. Neither defense has really done a good job getting off the field. Kind of feels like one of those shootouts where it comes down to which quarterback makes a mistake. I think they'll both have big days, fun quarterback duel. But I don't know. I can see UCLA winning. I feel like Bo Nix could pull a Bo Nix. Oh, it feels like a really close game. Go with the cover. I agree. Or Oregon could blow them out. Who knows? Because they are just probably the more talented. Team. I, I think oh, that that are. game is going to be really close throughout, and it might be even like a three-point game with like four minutes left. But Oregon scores, and they win by 10. Give me like Oregon 37-27. Yeah. UCLA looked really – I mean, Utah's defense couldn't do anything. Utah's defense actually is just not that good. 
I think well, yeah, we, that's we, what we, we have to realize about uh, our our big win over them was that they, they really just aren't very good on yeah, D. Yeah, they really are. We had their way with them, they but beat, so did. Oh yeah, that that was a phenomenal game. What Utah USC? Yeah, that I mean that game really was incredible. I mean, and that way the difference was the home field advantage for Utah. I mean, it's such a great place to play, and it's going to be Rice, tough for us uh, to play there week one next year. Eccles, yeah. Uh, no, I like Oregon at home. A line that really interests me this week. Number seven on the road is plus two and a half at LSU. Ole Miss. Mm. That's another, I think, uh, game in the 30s, I think. Yeah. I think that'll be in the third. Well, yeah, I mean, they would seem to agree. The, the over-under is pretty high, 66 and a half. Yeah. Good ground game. Good ground game, to, both sides. Ole Miss should be able to run all over LSU. Uh, common sense says the Rebels, but you never know what's Yeah. If that were night, I would definitely roll with LSU. I feel like their fans are probably wishing ESPN would put them in the 7 o'clock night spot there rather than 3.30. Probably, yeah. Um, Play to their advantage. Who's Ole Miss? I mean, Ole Miss probably has the best or one of the best rushing attacks in the country. Oh, they 100% do. They also have looked a little shaky on D the last couple of weeks. Vanderbilt was able to find some success. Auburn, Tank Bigsby ran all over them. So Wait, was it, was it Mike fucking Wright for Vanderbilt? Oh, no, you know, Mike Wright got benched, actually. Because I watched a little Mike bit of that. I was watching a little bit of the Ole Miss-Vandy game a couple of weeks ago, and it was uh, Vanderbilt's got a different quarterback now. Yeah, true freshman. He's actually pretty good. He, he's probably going to tear big. us up. He will actually will look very good against Florida. Yep. No, yeah, no, 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 that, 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 speaking of that game, that game's going to be close. Florida, I'm not looking forward to watching yeah, that. Yeah, no. No, that'll be, I will be on Broadway barely paying attention. I, I, I was thinking about going to that game, but right now it's $65 yeah. for a student ticket, so I, I would much rather yeah. use that, that money on, well, on Broadway. Well, yeah. well, we will be at the Margaritaville. We will be having a great time. There's Marge on the tab. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. We will get by. We will survive. Um, we've been through worse. Honestly. Tell yourself this. We've been through worse every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're the same fans that had our team start 3-0 and only to lose their quarterback to a traumatizing injury and then lose three straight games. Now so we, we've been through worse. Tied first, last in the division now. Oh. I think, yeah. Well, we'll have our Dolphins our Dolphins moment at the end. Oh, and yeah. I have plenty to say. I have. I mean, it's been, it's been a while and I have... Plenty. Gosh, one thing just really interesting though about the UCLA Oregon game. Um, yeah, looking at UCLA's schedule, Oregon will be the best team that they played. But I mean, they've been tested. They play Washington, Utah. Oregon really hasn't beat anyone very good. But aside from that, even if UCLA loses to Oregon, so they'd be a one-loss team going into the USC game in uh, the second to last week. They play Stanford, who's terrible. Arizona State, terrible. Arizona, they have a pulse, but they'll probably win that. So likely, even they're going into the USC game undefeated or as a one-loss team. USC also plays a couple teams without much of a pulse. So UCLA USC this year will be like ten and one and ten and one. The biggest game in the Rose Bowl in the regular season in like really long time, which is cool. 
Yeah, I really hope they can pack that place. They won't. It'll still be half. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> I don't know. Night game, ABC game day, maybe. Game day, that would be cool. When's the last time they went? Yeah. 2017, Rose, it, it was in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, Sam Darnold versus Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen played out of his mind. I watched my dad and I watched that game when the Dolphins had Ryan Tannehill at quarterback and we were desperate for a quarterback. And we both were in agreement. The Dolphins have to get one of those one of these two guys. These two guys are real quarterbacks. You know what's so fun? I was having like one of those draft talks with Hartman and Cohen the other day about the twenty eighteen class, because Hartman, Ravens fan, talking about Lamar. Cohen Such patting himself on the class. back for knowing Lamar was going to be good. I really thought uh, Darnold was going to be the guy. So did I, I was really high on him. He I, seemed like he had it. I personally hated Sam Darnold. When, when it came down to it during the draft, I did not like Sam Darnold. There's a video when when, the, when they made the pick. I, I can actually play the video on the podcast because I'm on. The Sam, board. what were you saying though? But no, I'm right just saying there. I didn't like Sam Darnold, but I did love Josh Rosen. So happens. Sam, you were a uh, Darnold guy too. Yeah, not even that I was a huge Darnold guy. I was a little worried when he threw 13 interceptions mm-hmm. the following season. But I, during that specific Rose Bowl game, I just kept saying, "I was like, this guy's Aaron Rodgers. This oh, guy is Aaron Rodgers. but then he significantly regressed. I was in that draft class. I was a Baker guy on it. Me too. I wasn't expecting him one, but I thought, I was like, why can't this guy be good in the NFL? Yeah, I was a huge Baker guy. Here's what I wanted. I wanted the Dolphins to trade up for Baker Mayfield if they could. Was okay that they couldn't, but was praying that Josh Josh Rosen would fall to our pick, which he almost did, went one pick Mm -hmm. before us. If we didn't get a quarterback, which was, for me, it was one of those two guys, I wanted to trade down, either trade down for Lamar Jackson or sit there and take Minka Fitzpatrick or Roquan Smith. So when we took Minka, I was thrilled. I wanted him very badly. But here's my reaction. We're going to play it. What a loaded draft. Here's my reaction. It was an incredible draft. Just just such an intriguing draft. I think that draft is really what ascended drafts for me because it was just so cool. Oh, me too. On so many levels. It was like draft day in real life. Yeah, it really was. It was a crazy. All right, here's. here's, John Dorsey, Green Page. Here is my reaction to the Jets selecting Sam Donald. The New York Jets select Sam Donald. Yeah! Let's go! It's hard to hear for whatever reason. Bluetooth is great, but I said who's celebrating? You're the one. So all my friends, it was a draft party, so all my friends are celebrating. So yeah, it didn't didn't sound anywhere near as good as it, maybe it's because you know why? Because I'm on the phone with Sam, so it's it goes through the phone. That's Multiple. why it sounds good. Yeah, but I said I said yes, I'm happy about that. I think he's the worst because he went to the Jets. I hated the Jets. That was what I said. Regardless, um, I if you if you go to the Josh Allen pick, I say thank God, it's better than Rosen. Like it's better than the Bills take him than Rosen. So that was. It's about, it's about as bad a take as you because you could, I mean, that, that is like you the greatest, the best quarterback in the NFL versus the worst quarterback yeah. in the NFL. You were a great talent evaluator. Me? Yeah. I'm very mediocre. I want to be a talking hand on TV. I don't have to know football. Oh, shit. No, nah, I'm just kidding. You know what happened? What? Oh, this hurts. What? Colorado 0 12 is dead. I didn't even realize it till now. What do you mean? 
Because I'd been pushing that from before the season. I, I really wanted to see that happen. Oh, they won? Colorado, they won. They Wait, beat Cal. What? Damn it. Honestly, congratulations <sighs> to them. That sucks. That's impressive. Uh, Oregon State this week, ESPN FBI, gives them a 94% chance to beat Colorado. And they are against Colorado. They are 23 and a half favorites. I don't know if Oregon State can beat anyone by 24. <sighs> It's a lot for that offense. Mississippi State at Alabama. I think Bama covers 21 points. I agree. I think Bama big. 21? Nick Saban after a loss is a different animal. They're not losing. No, I'll go contrarian here. More just because I don't want to go strip. Mm. Bama after a loss is terrifying, but Bama's secondary is so shaky that I feel like they'll be able to score some points to cover. It is interesting because it's like, Mississippi State, the best thing they do is the one thing Bama does worst. Mississippi State can pass. Same thing with Tennessee. Mississippi State passed the ball on elite level. Bama can't stop the pass. But it's also just you know that they're going to win. Right. No, you know they're going to win. The the difference is, I mean, how many points does Bama score? Is it enough to to be 21 points or whatever Mississippi State scores? It's a good point. Well, Well, I'll stick with my theory. Yeah. I, I think if you're Bama, I think what Bama tries to do, I think they try to run the ball, control the clock, mm-hmm. and keep it away from that passing offense of Will Rogers. Which Will Rogers is already, I think he's, he's either, I think he's passed Aaron Murray for mo- for like passing yards in, yeah. in, a, in a career. It's unbelievable. He's done yeah. like, he's done like never half seen the games. an offense like that in. He's done like half, half the games. Now, Mike Leach is doing a great job in the SEC. He's brought Mississippi State back from the dead. And. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to stick I mean, to my theory that I mean, Bama's mortal now. And you know what? Maybe Mississippi State is a better football program than the Florida Gators because they're better with Dan Mullen and now they're better with, 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 than us with Mike Leach. They weren't better with Dan Mullen. All right, I'm just joking, but regardless, they did at one point be the number one team in the they country. Imagine so Mike Leach in Florida. Dan after last season. Yeah. Dan has losing seasons. I know. I'm just joshing you. I don't actually believe that. Kansas State at TCU. I was going to turn this car around. Do it. I might. I'm mm. kind of close. TCU. Finally, we get a night game. The, the night slate a little on the weekend this week. 3.30 a lot better. Um, TCU. Yeah, I don't really like that it's the one time there's a UFC pay-per-view during the day, and it's all the good college football games. Yeah, a few games preseason might have looked good on paper, like A&M, South Carolina at night. That's going to be a shitty Hard game. Land, you're probably. a fight fan. Great card. Charles over there. The Brazilian guy? Uh, he's, he's great. But so is Abiz. Abiz will be his old friend. Fighting. Mm, what else that night? TCU, Kansas State. Problem. Yeah, uh, night game for TCU. They haven't really been tested uh, the way that Kansas State will test them. So that will be uh, interesting. Just beat Oklahoma State. Kansas State week. plays different than most of the Big 12 teams do on offense. They, they, don't, they don't put the ball in the air. Adrian Martinez, ESPN was, you know, touting some stat. Adrian Martinez, look, he threw all these interceptions at Nebraska. He's thrown no picks this season. You look, that is impressive that he hasn't thrown a pick. Four touchdowns. He's also only thrown four touchdowns and 900 yards Meanwhile, year. Meanwhile, it, Duggan, I mean, it's clearly been working, so keep doing it. Right, but meanwhile, Max Duggan, 1,591 yards, one interception, 16 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you'll you take a pick, 
for four for four times the more the touchdowns. No, these are and almost two double the yards. Legitimate top twenty five teams. It'll be a fun game. I think TCU's got too much firepower. What is the Quentin ABC... Johnson really good? No one's gonna be able to guard him. What is the ABC nightcapper? Oh God! It it is there just even... a snooze oh. fest of a football game. But it it is the whiteout though. Why didn't they it choose the like Ole Miss LSU or like Oregon? Uh, I guess oh, they should just made Texas Oklahoma State that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh man, that is God. I think they like. Penn you know State. why? I think I don't want to watch that. I think Kirk and them they like going to the whiteout every year, no matter. Oh, it's the whiteout? Yeah. God, why do they choose that game? God, they have to have better home have games. You know oh, why? No, 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 no. I'm saying, no, why didn't Penn State you know make why? the whiteout game next week? I'm looking at their schedule now because... Next week, they're playing, they're hosting Ohio State next week. Because Fox is, they fucked everything up by taking the noon games. Because oh. they don't want to do the whiteout at noon, oh. but Fox made the Ohio State-Penn State game at noon. Oh. No, see that's I know. All right, big TV I, people. Yeah. That's making college football worse. Yeah. That's making that's absurd. I'm mad. Okay, you have number two Ohio State going on the road to Penn State next week. Penn State is probably gonna beat Minnesota this week to go to six and one. You'd have undefeated Ohio Iowa Ohio State at Penn State. That could be an ABC nightcapper with the whiteout. Game day, God, because now you want to go to game day for a noon game again. You don't want to do that shit. And, and I mean, we God, as God. fans can be angry about that. The person who's most angry about that got to be James Franklin because, like, right. Ohio State, there's such a little chance that you're actually going to beat them this season. But with the whiteout, you never know. Exactly. The noon, it, just does, it, it hurts you so much to have to play that game at noon. Mm-hmm. The, the, the excitement of it all is just, oh, man. I wish you could flex it. Like, I wish this was the NFL where you could just be like, we're flexing yeah. this shit. Yeah. God. All right. So, I, I, I'm, already, I'm not going to lie. This, I've gone through, this slate's worse than I thought. I know you were trying to talk me into it earlier, Liam, and I do not love this slate. There's a lot of fun games that have uh, conference implications. National implications, not as much. And the... <sighs> still a good week, though. And the nightcapper next week. The nightcapper, the nightcapper next week. Instead of what it could have been, Ohio State and Penn State is Michigan State, Michigan. Oh, God. Get Mel Tucker off my television. I mean, that's just it, – it's going to be like I – mean, it's going to be a blowout. I, I, was, I was sipping Michigan State's bathwater. <laughs> oh, by the way, the early line for Florida, Georgia is out. I didn't, I didn't see this yet. I'm going to uh, – wait, don't say it. I yeah, guess. let's guess. I'm going to go 19 and a half. Okay. 21 and a half. You guys are like literally right there. It's twenty. Yeah, it's minus twenty. Wow. I mean, yeah. So feels about right. <laughs> I think we cover that. Nah. I think we cover that. I want to believe. I want to believe. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and, and even put in my mind the fact that we could even win. But I want to cover that. It's my goal. Let's you know cover what? That. Let's like, cover that. Let's cover that. I have no expectations, and if we get blown out. I won't feel that terrible because it's like, you know what? What were we going to do? But if we come in there and we fight, that will have me feeling really good yes, about this coaching staff. Really good, like, damn, really they can good. motivate. You know? Yes, exactly. And I, I feel agree. like Napier has that more so than Mac and Mullen. So be cool. I, I agree. But I doubt we keep it within a score. Uh, the most interesting game of the week at noon right now is uh, – I think Iowa, Ohio State. What a, 
Jesus. 30 point spread. That's big noon kickoff. That's big noon Iowa. kickoff. How about no, I mean, an interesting game of two teams, you know, one that we thought was going to be really good and one that we're surprised is really good, Kansas at Baylor. Both teams unranked. Uh, and Lehman brought up the good point that he was saying last week that, I mean, Kansas started 5-0. and Pretty, pretty damn yeah. good chance they go five and seven now. When they when they got to five and zero, oh, I was like, you know what would be so funny is if they go five and seven, and it really might happen. That would be unreal. They might not be the favorite in one more game. Yeah, let's see. Hold on, if this loads. If that happens, like Lance Leipold, you got to leave. You have to leave. Yeah, leave now. <laughs> All right, they're at Baylor, hosting Oklahoma State, at Texas Tech, hosting Texas at Kansas State. I don't think it'll be favored in any one of those. Maybe, yeah, I don't think it'll be favored in any one of those. They are plus 10 on the road in Waco, Texas this weekend. Yeah. We should have known Baylor was going to take a step back this season because Matt Rule was a really good uh, talent evaluator. He, lo- I mean, at Baylor, you're not able to recruit as many of the four and five stars, but the players that he left Aranda with, a lot of them were really good. Yeah. Does Matt Rule, yeah, does maybe Baylor think about replacing Aranda with Matt Rule? Remember, we really wanted, we really wanted Dave Aranda. That's who I wanted. I wanted him. I was high on him. Kind of glad I'm we still didn't. high on him. I think he'd be good at a, another program. Or, I don't know, you have to see how he does after a few Kiffin. years when it's his, you have to see how he does with his player. I still wish we hired Lane Kiffin for the record. Lincoln? That's who I would hire, Lane Kiffin. Oh, I thought you said Lincoln. That's who I would have hired. I, I don't care. I think we would have been better in year one and year two. I don't think we would have, would have been better overall. Look, we'll see. This is, we, at the end of the day, it, it hurts right now, and it's tough to watch, and it's tough. At the end of the day, Billy Napier, when the, the day he came here, the day he first spoke, it's going to take time. It's, you got to be patient. You got to be patient. We have to be patient. And I'm I'm willing to, to, to subject three years of this before I make any rash judgments. Yeah. It, you know, this, uh, so DJ Lagway announced, or I don't know about announced, but there was an article, the, you know, five-star primo quarterback in, in the next cycle that he's d- deciding in January. It seems pretty good for Florida right now. That'd be sick. If, I mean, that is the kind of recruitment I really think I am not exaggerating. I think the DJ Lagway recruitment will make or break whether Napier's here for three or four years or for a much longer time. Because as much as we can talk about it taking time, like you need the momentum by year three. I mean, hi, look, I mean, just, look what Heifel's right, right, and not even just the momentum in recruiting. I mean, you've we've seen Quinn Ewers and what he's meant to Texas. We've seen quarter, Bryce Young, what he's meant to Bama. All these quarterbacks, you get a guy like that, and that. I mean, that could be a Heisman winner. That could be somebody who could could literally bring you to yeah. a championship. Yeah. And that, that that one player is and could be the difference. And I think we're all in agreement that Marcus Stokes is not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and patience is a myth for us. Uh, if if come year three, year four, and quarterback play is okay, uh, like the the roster uh, he's recruiting well It's going to be better than it was under Mac, but and Mullen. I mean, but. It's not going to be to the point where we're like 2012 Bama, where we're you know, winning a national title with an okay quarterback. 
Right. That doesn't happen yeah, anymore. You, you that need doesn't that happen anymore. Yeah. Anthony will probably be back. Can't do that anymore. Anthony will probably be back next year, and we. I, mean, I think he's going to be a lot better next year. And second yeah. year in the system, second year as a starter. But then, assuming he goes to the NFL, well, I'm sure he will go to the NFL after next year. That replacement is going to be really huge for the rest of the Billy Napier era. It seems like we do have the momentum with Lagway, and Lord knows we need it. We need it. We need Lagway, and we need our prized possession. Eyes on the prize, Cormani McLean. I have been saying since the beginning of this cycle that all these guys have been awesome and great. I'm very glad we have all of them. But Cormani McLean is the guy you have to get. He is and would be the best recruit to come to Florida that I can remember since probably Vernon Hargraves. And Vernon Hargraves is my favorite Gator ever to play here. I've loved him. And I think elite cornerback play is something that this program has missed since Hargraves was drafted. And we have been throwing around the DBU for as long as we've been Gator fans. And it has not been backed up no. the last no. seven years. And, and, and if you want that to change, it starts with Cormani McClain. Mm. You've gotten some great. I mean, we got Dijon Johnson. We got some great. Jakeem Jackson. Jakeem Jackson. A lot of really good cornerback commits. Kamari Wilson last cycle. If you want to be DBU, it starts with Cormani McLean. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be the best pairing we'd have since Wilson. Dijon's going to be really good, too. I'm excited for Dijon. I actually I love Dijon. You know who I really have a recruit crush on? That we also need is uh, Russa, Russa, the, the 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 edge who was here last weekend. Qua, Quay or Qua, because um, Quay Russa. Yeah, because Tony, you know, likes to. I mean, for Tony's defense, like any, you need that edge rusher who can do it all, and I think he can be that. What is he? Sixteen years old, seventeen years old. He's six two, two thirty. He could even play linebacker here, but. It seems like he really enjoyed his weekend here. He's he was posting a bunch of pro gator stuff, which they all do, you know. But I think we have a real a real shot there. It would be nice, mm-hmm. but yeah, Lagway is the Cormani. Uh, I mean, I, I we're, we're landing him. It, it's no question at this point. If you were to miss on him, it would have been terrible, but it wouldn't have been like football wise, like as much of a disaster because you. That we are bringing in other DBs. Right. No, Lagway, we really, really No, I agree. Need. I agree. All right, so uh, ahead of the Kermani commitment, because the next time we'll be in here, I don't know what time on Thursdays. Yeah, coming, probably, but it, it'll be yeah, next no, that Thursday. Is the day, same so, day. So I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll be we'll have a live reaction to it when it happens. We'll see. But, I mean, all the momentum the last two weeks, and especially the last couple of days since he's announced his, his commitment day, has been for Florida. And yeah. at this point, it would be a shock if It'd he does a, not commit to Florida. absolute shock. Yeah. Yes. I mean, well, he hasn't been to Bama since. He's been to Florida more recently. And, like, when he set the date, he wouldn't have set the date if he didn't already know where he was going. Exactly. You know? Exactly. No, yeah. Exactly. And, I mean, every crystal ball is Florida. And, and this is what we've been hoping for. So, we'll see what happens. We were talking about him. I mean, Kermani McLean. A long I mean, time ago, I mean yeah. this, but just when we hired Bill, even before, we were, we were talking about. I mean, I can't remember the last time. I was so enthralled with a commit because in reality we haven't been up for any of these five star commits in I mean since Mac. You always knew that it wasn't going to happen. Like Evan Stewart was right. a Florida lean at one point, you know, but, but you, you, just, you really never were in it, it and it was happen. like and for the first time early on, I was like, I can be a little confident about confident about this. Yeah, Cor- Corey Raymond could get this shit done. I remember. It's funny. I first 
because, you know, I wasn't following the 23 class when we had Mullen, because why would you? But I, the first time I was really aware of Cormani, it was the day that, I, it was last signing day when Travis Hunter flipped to Jackson State, and Dave Portnoy was in a Twitter space with all the FSU people, yeah. and they were like, there was like the whole rumor that Dave Portnoy paid for the NIL deal. I don't even think that was true, but no. I remember all the Miami people asking Dave Portnoy if he could pay Cormani's NIL deal for him to go to to Miami. <laughs> and Dave Portnoy was like, sure, like, who's this Cormani McLean kid? Like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm, I'm on it. Barstool's <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> he loved the Halo Miami. Well, it's unfortunate. But he hasn't committed yet, so we'll see what happens next year. never know. Uh, anyway, State, Adam Noah. <laughs> oh, that would be something. Anyway, beyond the realm of college football, when we've had some great conversation about the Gators about college football. Sam, Sunday night. Woo! Can't wait. I hope Sam will be there. I will be there. You will be there. I can't remember the last time. I mean, especially for a team that's currently at 500, I cannot remember the last time I've been this excited for a Dolphins game. First of all, <laughs> the last time you played uh, on Sunday Night Football, which was the only time in my conscious memory, which was 2017. I think it was play, we played tw- twice in the last 15 years. The first, the time before that, I think it was 2009. So we were, so the first time, so it was 2009 we played, and then 2017 we played the Raiders. That game was at home. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler was our quarterback, and we were coming off a 40 to nothing loss to the Ravens. Oh, yeah. That was our last game. Wow. So my excitement level for that game was great because it was Sunday Night Football, but it was not what it should be. Now look at this game. All right, sure, you lost three straight games, but you, it, the, the key here is your quarterback wasn't playing. Your quarterback comes back. Sunday Night Football, it's the 50th anniversary of the 1972 season, and all summer long in the Dolphins organization, they were talking about this game, talking about this, this celebration, talking about the entire year, 50th anniversary celebration they're doing and how much work was put into it. It's going to be incredible. The whole world's going to get to watch, and you're, and you're playing not a great team yet, and the Steelers... They did just beat the Bucks last week, but they're overall not a really good team. A, a game you're favored by seven, you should win. Offense is going to play well. I have a, I have a feeling this has the potential to a lot like Tennessee, Florida. You know when the college game day was there to be one of those single team infomercials where it's like the pregame show is all about two is coming back. Yeah. Look at all these weapons. Seventy two team. They show all the stuff at halftime, and the Dolphins play well. Tyree plays well. Waddle plays well, and the offense shows, and everyone gets to see the excitement of the Dolphin Dolphins. And if they and if they have a dominant win, people start to say, "Hey, with Tua, this team's really good." Dolphins. Yeah. Oh man, it would feel so good. It would feel so good. I just I I need a because pr- prime time games for Dolphins fans never go well. I mean, the last time we had a, <laughs> the last time we had a primetime yeah. game, it went about as it bad went. as it possibly could because Horribly. we were three and zero. Excitement level was extremely Chase high. Chase Edmonds dropped the pass, and the and whole season was down. Right, now. and that's and we've seen it. We've talked about it. The Chase Damn. Edmonds drop is where everything turned. Yeah, it felt yeah, like we were going to lose. That was the moment. That was the thrown shoe. <laughs> Pretty much, but now you have a chance to reset, um, and 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 just make up for it. And I, I so I didn't say, but twenty seventeen. Raiders, the Dolphins lost that game 27-24, although they were down 27-17 with about four minutes left. So it was over by the end of the fourth yeah. quarter. Um, it, it, this is a game that, that is, as a Dolphins fan, I need to go well. That Raider game, was that the – there was an offensive lineman running the ball in that game. Yes. Right? So what happened was – so, right so, so yes. So uh, Dominick and Sue sacked Derek Carr, 
And then they had an offensive lineman pick up the, f- the fumbled ball and run. And then I don't know, it might have been Jordan Phillips or it might have been Sue again, who just like crack back the offensive yeah. lineman. He completely falls down. The ball goes flying. Yeah, he like the flipped in the air. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was a crazy play. Yeah. 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 And, and I was at that game too, and it was just. You got Trey Dean. There's going to be a lot of Sewers fans there on Sunday, which is. Which is interesting. They're everywhere. They live in every state, every crevice, every corner. There's Steelers fans for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know. But why. it's going to be a really fun atmosphere. It's going to be a, it's going to be a really cool game. And with Tua back, has potential for fireworks. So I, I can't wait. And hard rock will be hard rock. Hard rock will be hard yeah. rocking. Uh, let's just, for, for the fun of it, score predictions. Unlike any other Dolphin regime, I think a hyped moment like this, we actually live up to it. And I'll go twenty-seven, thirteen. I like it. I don't. Who's playing quarterback for Pittsburgh? It, it doesn't even matter. It's likely I mean, Kenny yeah. Pickett. Kenny. Okay. Yeah, I'm not terrified. Yeah, no. I mean, no, I mean, last week Kenny Pickett was awful. Gets hurt. Yeah. They were losing. Was awful. Gets hurt. Mitch comes in and plays great. So right. it's like, who knows? I mean, who knows? Like it was the complete opposite. I don't know who ago. to be more afraid of or less. Afraid it was the complete of. opposite. 34, 34, 17. God, Sam, we're always on the same wavelength with this. I was gonna, that was my, that's what I was gonna say. Change it to thirty-five, then. You have All right, to. you know what? Fuck it. Thirty-four, ten. Boom. Mm. Defense plays well. Dolphin D. That would be sick. All right, I can't wait. I'm already ready to go. I'm that fired up. Does scare me the D? Come, come. Way too early to be talking playoffs, but the D has been shaky on the back end. The D has been shaky on the back end. The D was great last week, except for three or four drives. They forced 11 three and outs last week, and they lost, and they gave up 24 <laughs> points. How is that even possible? They, they, they punted the ball 11 times. 11 that times. That should not be possible. Wow. It, yeah. it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And the, the So it was, I think the Vikings had what? They had 14 or 15 drives, mm-hmm. 11 three and outs, three touchdowns, one field goal. Those are their, <laughs> those are their, those are their drives. How is that possible? And then meanwhile, the Dolphins, forget about, I mean, quarterback play, all this. They had the ball down by six, three minutes left, and they were driving. The moment Waddle fumbled that yeah. football, the game was over. I mean, that, that's the life was the taken out of that building. That's kind of the thing that's seen with this losing streak. I mean, we already talked about the Edmonds drop. But let's look at the Jets game. We had the ball. We were down by eight, two with eight minutes left in the football game. And we imploded. Right, and, and and I understand that that even if Tua was throwing a waddle, waddle, I mean, would still fumble the ball regardless of who the quarterback is. But it just feels like when Tua is in the game late, he just makes the plays. Yeah, it just and, he, and not even just him, the, the whole team makes the plays. And there's a reason why he's what eighteen and seven as a starter or something. There's a reason why he is one of the winningest quarterbacks in his first twenty five games that we've ever seen. Game manager is thrown around as an insult, but he's a great game manager. He really is, and that's a, and that is a a great quality to have. Being a winner is something to be spoken for, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping that it continues. The Dolphins' next five games, they've got of course Steelers on deck this week. Yeah. They travel to Detroit the week after that, then at Chicago, pair of games you certainly could win. Host the Browns by week. Host the Texans. Those are five games that you probably are going to be favored in all five of. If you win all five of those games, or even go four and one. I'll take four and one. Yeah, yeah. and then to set four and yeah, one, you're at seven and four, and five and zero, oh, you're at eight and three, and you're already in one seed territory at eight and three. With like the game manager thing with Tua, especially with quarterback play in the NFL this season, I think he's top ten the way he's playing, and yeah. not having to do anything oh, yeah. spectacular without having to do anything spectacular. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. No, QBR, not pass rating. They're two different things. QBR, my bad. But QBR is a better metric, is it not? QBR, okay, so QBR so, yeah. is, is a very analytic, analytically based ESPN metric. Passer rating is the general what most people use metric that's right. based more on just kind of like what you did statistically. Numbers, QBR yeah. takes in a lot more, you know, next-gen type of stat stuff. Uh, QBR is generally, like, it, it's it's debatable, but I think QBR is generally considered, like, a little more accurate. So, yeah. yeah. And he's well, and, and Tua it, yeah. is number one. Yeah. So quarterback it really has been yeah, down this also, season let, let's discuss the fact that Tyreek Hill even without his starting quarterback is on break on pace break Calvin Johnson <laughs> 701 <laughs> receiving yards more than I think like se- 70 yards the next best receiver he is he is unbelievable I mean he is just a different type of player and I've just as, as my life as a Dolphins man I've never seen the Dolphins have a player this good this dominant he just touches the ball and it turns to magic every single time. Every single time he does something, you say, wow. Every single time this man touches the ball, I go, wow. Look at him. Different guy. Honestly, you're seeing the Chiefs missing. The what? Chiefs, you're seeing them missing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're still fine. Definitely, yeah. But it's clear that they do miss him. I mean, there's times when, when Mahomes is, I wish I could just chuck this at the Tyreek right now. <laughs> Well, anyway. It's probably been good for Kelsey, though, my fantasy oh, team. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey's just a also You know, in my one. league, the pick before I was up, I was up at, I think, 20. It was either. I had picked 22 at 21. Mark Andrews went off the board. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He went Even before Travis? In my league, yeah. I got I got Kelsey, and I was like. That's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, Mark Andrews is really good, but you can't take he, Travis is he's the most valuable player in fantasy because he's. He's at a position in which there aren't necessarily great players, and he's playing. And he's I'm, I'm undefeated. Jake Lehman's fantasy team, the ch- oh, Ty Chalco Bowman. Bowman. Okay, had a name a cool after name. a Gator. Yeah. Ty Chalco Bowman, five and zero with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, Miles Sanders at running back, along with Jeff Wilson. I hope you have someone on, on your bench here. Wow, Eckler in the flex. Oh, okay. So Put the Jeff, fear of God into my opponent. I like when you do that. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, so his, his running backs are Miles Sanders and, and Austin Eckler, along with AJ Brown. J1 Waddle and Travis Kelsey, Jeff Wilson in there as well. Jeff Wilson has projected 0.5. What? Should I take him out? I don't No, he scored 0.5. It's not his projected. This is oh, he had a bad week. Yeah, 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 he had a bad week. Had a bad week. Yeah, no, he's projected 12 12 points. When's Eli Mitchell coming back? Um, I don't wow. know. I think a couple of weeks. I can wow. I mean that'll be huge. This is no longer this is not a fantasy there. podcast. This is still nope. a, a Florida Gators podcast. So let's go home mm-hmm. and I need to pay. And yeah, I mean, get so out of here. Let's let's enjoy ourselves. I have an hour and twenty seven minutes left in my drive. That's a good point in the in the four or six hour drive home, depending yeah. on traffic from Gainesville. Like hour the hour and a half point, it's like you know, yeah, home stretch, on. baby. Yeah, yeah, we're almost there. We're almost oh, yeah, there. Yeah. After this, I'll probably pop on CMT, listen to some music on the home stretch. Well, wow, it is crazy that like this entire podcast is hour and ten long. 10-minute-long podcast you've just been driving. Yeah. I passed Orlando. Not a lot of great sights on that drive, but we'll be in Clearwater this weekend for Road Rally. And before I head down... <laughs> Clearwater? Is that a prediction? Or is that no, a I, I, it is Clearwater. I, I, it's been confirmed to me. Sources have confirmed to me. It is Clearwater. Wow. Clearwater's four. Did the younger, did is, the younger is, people know, though? Or? Some know. No, so most, if they listen most to this, then we're giving it away. No, I know. But, I mean, if you, they, if you know, this, this is the I gift, you, this, this is yeah. the gift you get. If you listen <laughs> to this long, you get to know where Rory yeah. is a day in advance. Nice. Um, yeah, no, it is going to be 
in Clearwater, which is two and a half hours from Gainesville, but still four and a half hours from South Florida, which is fine. And, yeah. and night game, I'll be able to leave Sunday morning and get home in time you know for, for the night game. What was it, three years ago? I was a, Yeah, three years ago it was there. Right. Yeah. Nice beach. Good beach. Looking forward to it. That's the home of Dolphin Tail. Winter. That Winter. Dolphin. Great movie. Did you see that yeah, movie? Of course, yeah. Winter. Love that movie. It is the home of Dolphin Tail, yeah. Good memory. All right. And going to the bathroom. Got to pee. And Arizona will be the home to the Dolphin Super Bowl. Hopefully. Here comes Bradley Schimmel. Love you guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Won't Back Down podcast with Will Levinson, Sam Patosa, and Jake Lehman, a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network.